Hello, welcome to another episode of Rescuing Raptors, where I talk about how to rescue them. I'm going to have some stories for you. I will be having interviews with others as well who are involved in rescuing raptors. So today's question is, how can I get started rescuing raptors anyways? And I'm going to answer that for you. First off, to do it legally, and I'm putting the word legally in all caps, find a local rehabber. If you do not have a raptor-specific organization in your area, contact any wildlife uh, rescue organization because the chances are good that not only do they do small furry woodland creatures, reptiles, etc., they also do all kinds of birds, songbirds and birds of prey, shorebirds and waterfowl. All right. So the first thing that you're going to want to do is, if they have a, a volunteer coordinator, contact that person and explain your interest. Be upfront and be honest if you don't have any experience, which is fine. Just tell them so that they can pair you up with somebody who's experienced and can show you the basics of how to rescue birds of prey. Now, if you are not at least 18 years old, please, please know that for liability insurance purposes, organizations may not be allowed to um, use you as a volunteer or they may require that your legal guardian come with you for all of your volunteer activities. So definitely check with the organization if you are not yet 18 years old and you're listening to this. The other thing that you need to know right up front before you really start getting into this deep is that wildlife rescue calls are extremely episodic and they are probably not at all convenient to your schedule. Typically, for me, unfortunately, I start getting calls uh, between three and seven in the afternoon and evening Why? Because people wait around all day watching that injured, sick, orphaned, owl, hawk, eagle, vulture, falcon, osprey, whatever it is, thinking, "Uh, it's just hanging out in my yard. It'll be better. It'll fly away after a while. Nope, doesn't happen. So typically around sunset, they start making phone calls. I wish they'd call me earlier because it's extremely challenging trying to chase down an injured bird of prey when it's dark outside. All right. Unfortunately, though, injured, sick, orphan wildlife, they don't take weekends, evenings, and holidays off. So just know that if this is something that you think you really want to get into, that calls can come morning, noon, and night every day, including Christmas Day or whatever holidays you happen to be celebrating if you're not in the United States. So I would tell you that if you definitely need to set boundaries, be very clear and be firm about those boundaries. If If you say that you absolutely positively cannot do Saturdays and Sundays or you cannot drive after dark, stick to your guns, all right? Okay. So honestly, the best way to learn how to rescue birds of prey is to shadow someone who has the experience and is willing to teach you. Now, for me, I did not have that luxury. I uh, got a call, a couple calls, the first several, and basically, the raptor rehabber that I volunteer for, Al Moon Raptor Center, Suzanne Shoemaker, she more or less uh, coached me over the phone and talked me through how to do it. So that's basically uh, the way I learned. But that's not everybody's learning style. I do understand that. Quite a few people, they need the show and tell before they are confident enough to do the hands-on. I get it, all right? So you're going to want to go out on several calls. You want to observe the person as they're doing the rescue. You want to ask them a lot of questions, all right? Volunteer to go out with them. And then when you feel confident enough, offer to do the rescue yourself with them supervising you and walking you through each step. It is dangerous to rescue any wildlife. It is the, 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 there's always an element of risk. I, I don't care if you're rescuing a garter snake. There's always some sort of uh, risk there. There's always some sort of element. 
So just know and understand that, you know, you want to um, be very mindful of the fact that these are wild animals, no matter what. Even if they're lying on the ground and they're not moving, they are a wild animal. They could get an adrenaline bump and they could come to life. Okay. So the other thing too also is be willing to transport that bird to the rehabber. They may be an hour or two away one way. But here's the thing. If you're going to make the commitment to do the rescue, it's your responsibility to arrange for transportation. You either do it yourself or you find someone who will transport the bird and you want to make sure that the bird gets there since all birds of prey here in the United States are both federally protected and at the state level usually also have uh, state laws and regulations protecting them. By you doing that rescue, you are taking responsibility. So the other thing to be as helpful as you can for the organization, all right? Think about going up and volunteering to clean cages, help prepare food, do some maintenance tasks, do what you can to help the organization out and learn a little bit about all aspects of their operation. You have to build trust with them and they've got to build their trust with you as well. It goes both ways. If the trust isn't there, the volunteer experience for you and for them is not going to be enjoyable and you may just end up quitting. The other thing that you need to be aware of is that you probably will have to be put on their permits to give you the legal right to do the rescues and the transporting. That's gonna be up to the rehabber to do that, not you. But just be aware that you probably do need to be put on their permits. It's gonna vary from state to state. And in addition, that rehabber may require you to have additional training that you have to fulfill successfully before they will let you go out on your own to do rescues, captures, and transports. So be willing to do whatever training it is that they require. It may be safety training, for example, all right? It could be a number of things. But be willing, be humble, keep yourself open to learning, and just, you know, do what the organization requires you to do. The other thing too is um, don't be surprised if there's a probationary period that you have to complete with the organization. Uh, a lot of large raptor rehabber organizations have wait lists for all kinds of volunteer duties and it's a privilege and it's an honor to be accepted and you know they want to make sure that you're a good fit in their happy family and that you're comfortable with them and they're comfortable with you. So again don't be surprised if there's a probationary period that you need to fulfill. Just again, be humble, be honest, and be open about it. So let's just say that you're gonna start rescuing birds of prey. Do not expect the wildlife rescue and rehab uh, volunteer organization to have the budget to equip you with the things that you need to do to rescue that wildlife. Uh, gloves, uh, nets, towels, sheets, things of that nature, all right? That's probably gonna be on you to supply your own equipment. Most of these organizations just simply do not have the funding. And you should also not expect to be reimbursed for gasoline or tolls because, again, these organizations operate on extremely thin margins. They're not out to make a profit. That's not what they're here for. So, again, it's going to vary from organization to organization, but if it's important to you that you be reimbursed or that you have some help getting your equipment, again, you want to be upfront. You just want to ask that directly. Hey, can you help supply me with equipment or can you reimburse me for equipment that I buy? So the other thing of it is, if you don't have the time to make a commitment, don't volunteer. There's nothing more frustrating for a rehabber than to have someone say, yes, of course, I am available whenever you need me. 
And time and time and time again, when that organization calls you and you say, no, I'm not available, they're only going to put up with this for several times before they're going to be discouraged from giving you a call. So make every effort that you can to be available. Really try hard. Again, though, if you've got boundaries that you need to set, just be very clear about them. So again, because there's always a volunteer shortage with these organizations, if you say you're, you're available, please live up to that commitment and do please honor it. Wildlife organizations, they cannot function without dependable volunteers. It, it's, it, it's no different than if you were an, an employee. All right, so assuming that you've got the commitment locked down, and so once you've done several calls with an experienced rescuer, by this point, you should be confident enough to respond on your own to take a rescue. And what I tell people who want to learn how to rescue raptors is, I tell them, your first rescue should never, ever, ever be a vulture, an eagle, or an osprey, or a great horned owl. Why? Because these are large birds. They can be extremely aggressive. Um, eagles, vultures, ospreys physically are very big birds. They're very, very strong, even if they're sick or injured, and they're capable of uh, causing great harm to you, all right? They are very spicy. Great horned owls can actually jump up and attack you. So you want to set yourself up for success, and so does the organization. So ideally, your first solo rescue efforts, the first several, should be for some of the smaller hawks, red-shouldered hawks, red-tailed hawks, Cooper's hawks, for example, okay? Uh, screech owls or even barred owls would be all right. But you want to, when you go out on your first solo uh, rescue missions, you want to be successful. So again, the organization that wants you to do this, that's also on them. I know that it's tempting for your very first rescue, your solo rescue in particular, to go ahead and take that bald eagle call, but I'm begging you, please do not do it. Or if you do, take an experienced volunteer with you and ask them very nicely, hey, can I take the lead on this? This is my first one. At least this way, they're there to back you up, or if you get in trouble, they're there to help you and to bail you out. You want to be successful, and in order to set yourself up for success, you've got to be confident, and you've got to capture the bird on your own, whatever that happens to be. The other thing is, if the raptor rehabber describes a situation to you that clearly has some hazard or some danger to it, and you know that you need at least one other person or several people, again, speak up. Don't be shy. Ask for help. I'm going to be addressing one's ego in a later episode, and what I'm asking you is just put your ego aside that if you're faced with a situation from the raptor rehabber, don't be the lone ranger. Ask for help. Take several people with you. You can all share the glory. There's enough bird rescues to go around. Trust me on this. So again, with that being said, do not ever, ever put yourself in such danger that you and the bird both need rescuing. I realize that sometimes when the situation is described to you on the phone, it doesn't always reflect the reality when you show up on site. So if you do show up somewhere where it's a very hazardous situation, uh, let's just say that there's very rugged terrain, maybe a cliff or a ledge, uh, maybe it's a water rescue, uh, perhaps it is just in um, an area that's very, very hard to um, traverse, then I am begging you, do not put yourself in danger to where both you and the bird need to be rescued. Back out of the situation, reassess it, call for help. Again, I know you want to do this on your own. Everybody wants to be the hero, and we all want to, you know, come out of the deep piney woods, you know, with a bird safely tucked in our arms. I get it. 
you will have that happen. But don't put yourself in danger, all right? There's no harm and no foul in admitting that a situation is just too hazardous. The goal is to rescue the bird and to keep you safe. So that's really about it for getting started, all right? I hope this information helps you figure out if you want to try your hand at rescuing birds of prey. I wish you all the best of luck in it. And please remember as you go about your life and your day to treat others with kindness, courtesy, dignity, and respect as much as you humanly possibly can. This is Nancy McDonald, Raptor Rescuer, saying goodbye for now.